Go ahead, turn in your Bible, Acts chapter number 3 this evening. The book of Acts chapter number 3. And we're so thankful for the whole counsel of the Word of God. Thankful that we go through this. I'm going through these chapters myself as, uh, as just in reading. And God just lays these uh, verses upon my heart as I begin to think about this today and throughout the week, earlier in the week, and, and uh, how God has been really moving in my life and how God has moved in your life. And I have seen miracles take place. Uh, what I consider miracles have taken place just in my life in the last few weeks. Uh, God has been good. God has blessed. And so many times we go through and we're looking for a blessing and we're looking for a specific blessing. And well, Steve, the amazing part to me is that if we uh, contain God in a such a way that we say, God, this is what I need, this is the blessing that I need to take place, then he may give that blessing, but he has so much more for us. So we just begin to open our word of God here tonight and be able to see the amazing blessing of God and look at chapter number uh, Acts chapter number 3. Verse number 1 is where we're going to begin reading. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, beginning the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. And they had laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And verse number 5 is really what really just impressed my heart today for this evening's message. And he gave heed unto them, but look at this, I underline this, expecting to receive something of them. How many of us go to church expecting a blessing? How many of us come expecting such a blessing that we bring something to put that blessing in? How many of us are expecting by faith that God would do something so amazing that we would see that something, we know that God is going to do something. We can claim that God will do something, that God will be amazing when we get to the house of God. Now, I understand that it's a Wednesday night, and I understand that we've been working hard all day and all week, and we've been fighting, and many of you have fought uh, traffic. I thought I'd get at least one amen on that. You've been fighting traffic, you've been fighting the issues, the devil and the demons of hell have been coming against you. It seems like Monday, Joyce Sunday, we have a great time here in the Lord's house and we're on cloud nine when we walk out and then when we come back Monday morning we wake up and the devil hits us, it seems like, before we even hit the floor, our feet hit the floor. Boy, it seems like we battle him all day Monday and then we uh, get a Monday night and we just crawl into bed and we're begging God that we can just make it one more day and then we get up Tuesday morning and when we get to Tuesday morning, it seems like the devil once again is hitting you once again with something else. As soon as you open your eyes, as soon as you may not even open your eyes, but your mind goes to whatever that issue that you're having to battle, whatever that problem that you're going to have to face today. But then when we come to Wednesday morning, we get up Wednesday morning and we're expecting that this will be a better day. But it seems like the devil just fights harder and harder and harder. And then he doesn't want you to get to Wednesday night Bible study. So he fights you even harder and harder and harder. And it seems like that every washer that's ever going to bust a water line happens on Wednesday afternoon. 
Amen. Every hot water or water heater that's going to go ahead and start leaking is going to do that on a Wednesday afternoon or a Sunday morning. I've had times in my life, to be honest with you, where I had one of those. I have one of those uh, instant hot water uh, tanks, a tankless water heater. It's amazing. Praise God, Hallelujah! But your water bill goes up because you take like three hour long showers. <laughs> that's the only problem. But I had one of those and I was excited and we got up one Sunday morning. It was very, very cold that Sunday morning. And for some reason, they installed this water heater outside. So it's supposed to cycle everything through and make sure that it goes through and everything's going to be fine. But it froze solid. So when I got up on Sunday morning to come to church, guess who had no hot water? Sister Heather. Boy, things just started going awry. Then on Sunday mornings, the devil fighting. On Wednesday afternoons, he's fighting. But then you come into here and why would we come to Wednesday evening service, Sunday morning service, Sunday school, Sunday evening, or any other service? Why would we drag ourselves into that church service and not expect something great from God? And I would say that tonight we need to expect something awesome to receive from the Lord Jesus Christ. But look at verse number 6, it gets better. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of the Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted up him, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And then look at this in verse number 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this reading of your scripture. Lord, I pray that you'd help us during this time. God, we've set this side, this time aside to be able to hear something from you. And God, we come expecting to receive something. God, much like this lame man that was sitting by the wayside and he saw Peter and John, Lord, he saw and he expected to see something great to happen and something wonderful to happen. But God, let us be able to realize that you have so much more than what we're expecting because you can exceed our expectations and you can bless us beyond uh, every means that we possibly have. God, Lord, let us just come, Lord, expecting a blessing, but God, let us experience the Uh, the bountiful that we have, God, that you can promise to us and give to us and that you can provide for us. God, I beg you, God, that you'd clothe me in the Holy Spirit of God right now. God, I pray that you'd use me, Lord, with with the power and the unction from on high. God, not that people would be able to see Shane, but God, that people would see Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, use me tonight. Lord, I pray you'd give us encouragement, Lord. Lord, guard our mouth and our mind as, as we preach. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And amen. So when we get to this chapter, Acts chapter number 3, this is the second sermon that Peter started preaching. He started preaching a second sermon as he began to walk into the temple there. And we get to this second uh, sermon. And the amazing part is the theme is the same. The theme is the same no matter what. Every time you go through one of the sermons of Peter, the sermons of Peter are all the same. You say, well, isn't that kind of like a broken record? Wouldn't you get tired of hearing the same old, same old, same old? Well, I think and I believe with all of my heart that we should use the same theme that they used back then. The New Testament church was using a theme of what? That Christ was one that was uh, crucified. God was uh, come down incarnate. Christ was incarnate. Christ was crucified. Christ was risen and Christ was glorified. 
And that is exactly the same thing that we need to preach tonight. That's the same thing that we need to preach every time that we get behind the pulpit, every time that we get behind and raise this Bible to be able to say, thus saith the Lord. Not for us to be able to say, look at how smart they are, or look at how wonderful they are, but look at the amazing majesty and power that the Holy Spirit of God has, that the Holy Spirit has transformed us, that Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ has transformed us in a way as He has clothed us in His blood and in His righteousness, that we might be able to brag on Him and to be able to see wonderful things take place. Because of that kind of preaching will produce good things. Boy, we can preach and we can try to do the self-help thing and we can try to improve somebody's thought process. But if God gets a hold of them and the blood of Jesus Christ is washing them and they live in the Spirit of God, then they're going to make an absolute complete change in their life. It'll be amazing how you see how God would work. And this has been to see the, uh, the, the, the fact that Jesus Christ, the person and the work of Jesus Christ, that we preach Him and that's the only thing we need to worry about preaching. So, Brother Shane, why do you always say something about salvation in your messages? Because that's what it's all about. I know that I'm preaching to a Wednesday night crowd that the majority of you and most all of us, I would, I would be amazed to see that maybe someone may not be trusting Christ as their Savior. But on a Wednesday night, those faithful people that trusted Christ as their Savior, they're coming to hear the preaching of the Word of God and study their Bible and to see something great uh, begin to take place. But, but we should teach and preach Jesus Christ every time that we get up. But we say this great work that's going to take place, it's been to see a, a work of power. And when you see the healing of God, you see the power of God. When we see the power of God working in this chapter and the following chapter, chapter number 4, it's absolutely amazing to me. And, and if you go into chapter number 5, it's even amazing how they continue to, to, to go through and to witness to people all out through Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, I was talking with somebody earlier today. This verse jumped out to me as I was reading through once again today. I was reading through these chapters and, and just kind of going over it. In chapter number 5, verse number 28 says, Saying, didn't we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? They were teaching and preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to preach in right now. And they were saying, didn't we tell you, you cannot do this? Don't preach and don't teach in this name. But look at this next phrase that jumped out and grabbed me and riveted my soul. And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. You see that there was just a few men that were preaching the gospel, that were preaching Jesus Christ. And they filled Jerusalem there with that doctrine. They filled their city. Boy, wouldn't it be great. Brother Jerry, if we just a few of us would come out of Harvest Baptist Tabernacle tomorrow morning on Thursday morning and go to our local Jerusalem. What is your Jerusalem? I live in Fayetteville. Some of you live in Jonesboro. Some of you live in Henry County. Some of you live wherever you, down in Griffin area, wherever it is that you live, that is your Jerusalem. But what, Dad, what a wonderful thing to be able to say that I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to fill my Jerusalem with the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Boy, that's what the kind, that's the kind of preaching, that's the kind of teaching, that's the kind of people we need to have to flow out of this place, to be able to go and to tell them about Jesus Christ. But we look through and we see this. Well, verses number two and three, real quickly by way of introduction. And I, I guess I probably need to slow down speaking so fast, but I, I, I talk too fast. 
But in the second and third verse of this chapter number three, we see the picture that's needed. Boy, the picture that is needed, boy, that it's a certain man that was lame from his mother's uh, uh, womb. He had been never been able to walk. And later on in chapter number four, it tells you that this man is 40 or above years old. Now, Brother Tag, I'll be honest with you. When I begin to see that, the first thing that I think of is that that is the number of testing trials and tribulations. Boy, there's times that you go through. How long was Noah in the ark? 40 days? Well, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. How long was Jesus out in the wilderness? 40 days, 40 nights. How long was Moses up on the mountain? 40 days. Boy, there's all these times that we go through. We see those 40, 40, 40. But then there's a day when they come out and he was delivered from his trial and tribulation. But there he is as this lame man. Lame and he was being carried every day. Dependent upon somebody else. And this is a perfect picture of a person that's in need. Somebody that needs to be carried from place to place. Somebody that needs to be taken to be taken care of. And boy, this person had to depend on somebody else for everything that he got. <clears throat> but also when you look in verse number 4, 5, and 6, look at this. It is actually a work of faith. You go through, he says that Peter was fastening his eyes and he said, look on us. And he said that they were expecting to see something and expecting to receive something. And then Peter gives the the really down-home hard problems. I don't have any money for you. Can you imagine? That's what he's wanting. Now, alms, this is amazing. Alms is not necessarily a currency or a money, but it's pretty much just, I need your pity. And therefore, if you have pity on me, you will provide for me. You will give to my daily needs. So I will take your alms, your pity, and I will have this. And then it's what that work of faith is simply is saying that in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. But then we go a little further. It's a miracle of grace in 7, 8, and 9. You see these verses in 7, 8, and 9. He took him by the right hand and pulled him up. Glory to God. We'll get to that in just a minute. I'm excited. I'm excited to preach tonight. I don't know about y'all. I don't know how y'all feeling tonight. But I know it's Wednesday night and I know y'all are kind of, it's just Wednesday. But praise God, we're here to worship God. We're here to still hear the word of God. I understand that, that it's been a long day, but praise God, we can still worship him. And spirit of truth right here, boy, took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately received uh, the strength that he needed to have. And leaping, he stood up in verse number eight, jumping up, getting excited about what was going on, a miracle. God, that man had not done anything to deserve what God did for him. The man didn't deserve not one bit of strength that he was restored to or was given in his feet and in his ankles. But God, by the grace of God, may I say this, that we did not deserve one bit of the grace that God has given to us. Boy, the salvation that God has given to us. Boy, the day, the breath that God has given to us. That's grace of God. Boy, for us to be able to get up this morning and walk around and be able to praise Him and to be able to have a good time in the house of God tonight. That is the grace of of God in our lives. You get to the end of that for a few, a few more verses down and you could have a, an awakening of wonder. What is that awakening of wonder? That the people saw him praising God, walking around and said, hey, isn't this the guy that was sitting over by the gate beautiful? Is he not able? He wasn't able to walk even from birth. Isn't this the same guy? And boy, look at how excited he is to praise God. When God does something for you, When God does something real for you, 
When God does something that you weren't expecting, you were asking for a little blessing. Oh, Brother Jerry, I'm, I'm getting excited again. You were expecting a little something. You were just wanting just a little bit, a little a piece of the pie, just a little bit. And then God all of a sudden opens up His arms and says, Child, I want you to know that I've got more than that for you. I want to do more than that for you. I want to do more than just give you that little piece or give you that little part or want to help you with this or give you that little blessing. But I want to open up the portals of heaven and bountifully pour down on you the blessings of benefits that I can give to you. Boy, the book in Psalm says that, hey, the Psalm said that he daily loadeth us with benefits. And I love that word loading means that he goes through and I get a shovel. <laughs> Brother Jeffrey, I can get a shovel and I can throw some blessings on somebody. But then God gets his stuff, gets his shovel and he starts dumping blessings on me. And I just want you to know, and I don't know if y'all have done math too much, but his shovel is a whole lot bigger than my shovel. So when I'm shoveling blessings out, God is a heaping blessings on top of me. So glory Glory to God, if you think, hey, I need some blessing, then maybe this evening you ought to grab a hold of your shovel and start blessing some other folks and let God bless you. Hallelujah. I enjoyed that introduction. But when we get through, we look through a little further. But what are we talking about? What is it that God is doing? Boy, He has the attention, the attention that Peter and John had. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. The attention that John and Peter uh, had and Peter and John had on Him, they looked on Him with the interest that we have. Look at verse number 4 with me. And Peter fastening his eyes upon Him with John. You say, well, what, what could that little phrase possibly mean? But Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John. That means that he wasn't giving him just a little glance. He wasn't just going along and saying, oh, poor, poor man that needs, has needs. Boy, I'm just going to move along. Not do anything else for him. When he fastened his arms or fastened his eyes upon him, that he saw him, listen to me very carefully, he saw him for what he was. He needed more than money. This poor man was sitting there, he was lame, he was helpless, and he was in need of so much more than a little bit of material gain. He was in so much more need than just a little bit of a help along. He needed the Savior, glory to God. He needed the Lord Jesus Christ. He needed salvation in his life. And boy, boy, as we as Christians, Brother Shane, we ought to make sure that we look upon the people of this world and not just step by and say, boy, I'm sorry for them, I feel sorry for them, but we see the soul that they are and not just the pitiful person that they are, but we see their soul, that they're lost and they're dying and they're on their way to hell, lest we go ahead and we begin to tell them about the glorious salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what we need to do tonight. That is what we need to do tomorrow. And boy, that is what uh, Peter and John began to see. They saw him and they said, hey, he's got a greater need. He's asking for alms. He's asking for money. He's asking for a little bit of pity. But I'm going to give him something greater. And God says, hey, if you'll do it, I'll go ahead and bless him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What if God is 
waiting for you to see somebody and have pity on their soul. That boy, they see more than what they need on their material or the physical side. But God gives you the abilities to be able to help them beyond that. How is that, Brother Michael? Because you can share the Lord Jesus Christ with them and change their eternity. You can change more than just their here on this earth. But you can change forever for them. Not because you do the Savior. Not because you do the salvation. But because God uses you as a tool to give the witness of Jesus Christ out to somebody. Boy, you see, well, what did he receive? Well, what he received was so much more than what he was looking for. What he received, Dad, was out of this world. Can you imagine? I want a little penny. I want a little pity. I just want just a little bit. And then God blesses him the way that he does. Boy, look at verse number five with me. And, and he gave heed unto them and expecting to receive something of them. Look, you look at verse number 12. They say that it was out of my control. People were amazed and they saw how great God was to him. And they said it wasn't because of me. Peter said it's not because of me. It's not because of my hand. It's not because of me doing or saying or touching or doing anything. But it's because of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, whom you crucified, it's him. He's the one that did this work. He's the one that has made this man able to get up and to walk into the house of God and to praise God and to leap for joy for the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to look real quickly. Expectation. Their expectation is this. Expectation is for pity. I've already said it, but it's not a, an alm is not that, that thing that is a, a, a currency. It's not a penny, a nickel, a dime. It's not any of those things that you can look at. Not a dollar. But it's just something that, hey, if, if you have enough pity on me, then you will help me. Now, this is dangerous ground to get on. But when people went to the temple, they went to pay tithes. Amen, Brother Shane. So they went to church with a little bit of, my granny called them long greens. Y'all know what long greens are? Every once in a while I'd get a long green, a dollar bill. If I ever got a $5 bill, whew, glory to God. But every once in a while, you get a dollar bill. Boy, they'd go to the t- temple. They would have a little money. They would say, hey, I'm going to make sure that I pay my tithes. I'm going to give my uh, what I, I need to give back to God's house. I'm going to give that money to him. But then even if there's somebody that's standing in need, I'm going to have pity. I'm going to give an alm to them, and I'm going to help them out as well. And that's how this man was able to get all of his needs taken care of as he lived his daily life. And for this time, that's exactly what he was doing, that this man was only in interested oh glory this man was only interested in his temporal needs when he was laid at the gate of the temple brother Mike the day I got saved I wasn't looking for God I wasn't looking that God would do something even greater for me I was just expecting to have a little good time and because, well, I'll be honest with you. I went to church because my mama and daddy said I was going to church. And let me go ahead and say this while I'm at it. It was not a debate. Sunday morning rolled around. I didn't ever say, are we going to church? 
I knew we were going to church. Sunday night rolled around. Are we going back to church? Most of the time we didn't even go home. We stayed at the church all day. And then Wednesday night, are we going? To, no, I never asked. I never, Shane, I had never had to ask those questions because I knew that what we were going to do, we were going to be going to the house of God. And boy, we spend that time. And boy, I was looking for those temporal needs and I was just looking because I, I was told to go. And, but then when I was that six-year-old little boy, now I say it all the time and I know y'all get tired of hearing me, but God came into my life on that Friday night. And when God came into my life on that Friday night, He made a difference. That nothing else in my life has ever made that kind of difference. Boy, I love my wife. I love my parents. I love my children. I love my family. I'll even love my sisters. And my in-laws. Hey, I love them. But they have never made the difference that Jesus Christ has made in my life. Boy, when God makes a difference, He makes all the difference in the world. But I want you to look at this expectation of pity. Look at verse number 4 and look at verse number 5 with me. That there is a demand that He's fastening His eyes upon Him. But look at what He says. Look on us. Brother Earl, the first thing that came to my mind was, is my life worth telling somebody out in the world, look at me? Am I living the life that is so pleasing to God that I would be willing to tell somebody, inspect my life. Because I'm all right. Boy, that's what Peter's saying. Look on us. Does your life really demand attention that would make a difference in their life? Boy, your every day. I'm not talking about your Wednesday, Wednesday night persona. I'm not talking about your Sunday morning, Sunday night persona. I'm talking about your Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Somebody told me a long time ago, what's the difference between Saturday night or or what's the difference between a fiddle and a violin Saturday night and Sunday morning? What's the difference in some Christians Saturday night and Sunday morning? Folks, it ought not to be that way. It ought not to be that way. You should, that demand is saying that, hey, I'm going to look at that, but then look at verse number, look at verse number six with me. I want you to see the disappointment. The expectation is pity, right? And he has disappointment. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. Now, can you imagine the disappointment in that man's life? Why did I just turn my attention to you when I was asking everybody that was around and you said to look on you and then so I turned my back on everybody else and I looked to you and you said, "I, I don't have what you need. I don't have what you're looking for. I don't have, but he has so much more. Brother Jeffrey, he's got so much more of what he's looking for. The disappointment was silver and gold have I none. I, I, I'm going to be amazed at this. There was a, a medieval man that, that was going through a tour of Rome and the, and the Pope was showing him all of the silver and the gold and the great things. And you all know that as you go through, the, the Catholic people believe and the, the Catholic Church believes that Peter was the first Pope. And he said the Pope was so proud in the medieval time and said, we can't say like the first Pope. Silver and gold have, I, have we none. Because we're in good shape. But that man said, Yeah, but you can't say, Get up, arise, and walk in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ either. Wow. 
the disappointment that he had. The disappointment is that expectation that we have. They were in poverty. Peter and John were in poverty, but they had power. (laughs) I would rather have the power of God than all the riches of the world. I'd rather, how the songwriter says it, I'd rather have Jesus than riches, fame, any of those things. I'd rather have the power of God upon my life. Brother Ray, I'd rather have the power of God than anything else. Boy, you can take the cars and you can take the houses and you can take all the material things. But if the power of God rests upon us and the power of God rests upon the Harvest Baptist Tabernacle at this church when people walk out, that later on in the chapters it says that they took note of them, that they had been with Jesus. Boy, I want people to know that Shane Roy has spent time with the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, how we should all desire to have the fact that we've got power. We may not have all the money in the world, but we've got the power of God upon us. Not only do we have the expectation of pity, but I want you to look at this, the experience of plenty. In verses number 6 and 7, his world got turned upside down. He asked for one thing and he got another. Now, have you ever asked for something and didn't get what you asked for? My sisters are laughing. They asked for another baby sister and they got me. (laughs) You ever asked for something and you thought, boy, if I get this, this will solve all my problems. If I get this, this will be the answer that I've been looking for. This will be the answer. This will be the answer. And then all of a sudden, what you get and what you ask for is not the same. When he said, silver and gold have I none, you look at that in verse number 6, he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Now I can only imagine what that man's thinking, well what do you have if you don't have silver, you don't have gold, you've got nothing that I need. But such as I have give I thee. What is that? In the name, oh glory to God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He gave, he asked for alms, he asked for pity, he asked for something. But the express, the experience that he had of plenty was words. Now, I'll be honest with you. If you just think words really don't make all that much of a difference, well, they really do. I've said it many, many times, but that little saying, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Lies, lies, lies. Sticks and stones hurt. Words hurt worse. Because a lot of times sticks and stones hit something on this physical body, but words go much deeper. And if it was just a word, a word, you would be right. That it's not really all that much of a difference because all they're saying is, get up. But what they were given was not a word, but the word. Hallelujah, glory to God. 
Giving out the word is so much better than giving a word. Why? Because what is the word? Well, the the word is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That is the word. The one they were going that, boy, pretty much what he was saying was because of Jesus and who he is and what he is and how he is able to do what he can do, by that glory to God, by that authority, not my authority, but... But God's authority, by the authority of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Boy, he was giving him something. And that experience was so much more plenty than what he was looking for. Boy, but then you look at that. And and, and I even looked at this. Ecclesiastes chapter number 8, verse number 4. In Ecclesiastes chapter number 8, verse number 4. The very first part of that verse actually goes on and it says this. uh, uh, Where the word of a king is. Does anybody else know it? There is. Oh, is it up there? Power. Glory to God. Thank you guys. Y'all are awesome. Where the word of of the king is, there is power. And where the Lord Jesus Christ is, who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the greatest of greatest, the highest of highest, the most wonderful, the most almighty, the most everything else that you can possibly think of. When the Lord Jesus Christ, the king of kings is there, there is power in the name of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, you go over to chapter number four, verse number 12. It says, whereby there is no other name, whereby a man must be saved. There's power in the name of Jesus Christ. There's power through the Holy Spirit of God and the power of holy God that we have and boy the plenty that he had the word that he received but then look at that reach look at that reach I'm hurrying I'm hurrying because y'all I understand look at the verse number seven look at the reach that he had and he took him by the right hand hmm he just grabs him by the right hand now first of all I believe with all of my heart that that man had strength in his legs When he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And then he grabs him by the hand and he gives him an assurance. Now, what is something that we do? What is something that we are told? When we are leading somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when we lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ and they pray that sinner's prayer and they pray that God would save them and forgive them of their sin and come into their life, then all of a sudden, what what they say is, you reach out and you give them the hand and you shake their hand and you tell them, I want to pray for you and I want to be with you and you're giving them assurance. And that's what Peter was doing. He was reaching down to this man and saying, hey... What you are going to experience is absolutely amazing. And boy, you say, well, why would he go ahead and grab him by the hand? Well, because he's among good company. Because Jesus grabbed a few people by the hand while he was on the earth. As a matter of fact, whenever he was going to Jairus' daughter, when he was beginning to walk in and that that little girl was laying dead, lifeless, and didn't have any life in her body whatsoever, the Bible says in Matthew chapter number 9, verse number 25, he says that Jesus took her by the hand. And when the... Glory to God when he get, touched her, when he grabbed her by the hand, she began to rise up with the life of, uh, the, the, the ever life giver, give, ever life everlasting would be able to give to her. I'm so thankful that we have that Jesus Christ would do that. And over in Mark chapter number eight, he begins to look at this. He sees a, a blind man. He says, a blind man that has to have sight, but he grabs him by the hand and leads him outside the city. And when he leads him outside the city, he touches him and tells him that you can be Uh, 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 you can be healed and you can have the eyesight and that man was healed from his blindness but then over in Mark chapter number 9 you begin to look a little further
earth. And that was a little boy that was possessed with demons and he cast the demons out. And that little boy laid lifeless on the ground. But then he grabbed that little boy by the hand, glory to God, and touched him. And boy, the life of life comes back into him. But I'll be honest with you, I remember the day I got saved when Jesus Christ reached down from me when I was in that lowly little pit, when I was in that pit of sin, and He also reached down further than I could reach up, and He grabbed me out of that pit of sin, and He brought me up out of that miry clay, and now He set my feet upon a rock. Glory to God, I'm so excited, I'm so thankful that the experience that I have is plenty through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that if you experience the Lord Jesus Christ the way God wants you to experience the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to have a plenty to be able to praise God with the benefits that He'll give to you. Hallelujah. But lastly, lastly, I'm, I'm, I'm hurrying. I really am. Thank you, Brother Earl. Glory to God. I got permission. I got permission. We look lastly, what is that lastly in the verse number 8? Look at verse number 8 with me. There is an explosion of praise. And he, leaping up, stood and walked. and enter, Look where he went. And entered with them into the temple. Walking and leaping. And praising God. That's good right there. You can read the Bible and not even have to expound upon it and be blessed. Because of what that man was doing. Have you, have you ever experienced, had an expectation of something? And that experience gave way to excitement? It could be anything. I remember years and years ago, I'm going to share with you. Years and years ago, Heather and I, we used to have a travel trailer and a, we, a camper. It was a tent with indoor plumbing and air conditioning, praise God. And we'd take it wherever we were going. We'd travel from this place to the other. And, and during that time, we, we would keep clothes in there. So because I'm a very fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy. I don't know if y'all get that or not. <laughs> it's not that funny, Sister Kathy. That's not nice. But I'm a very fly by the seat. Just, I'm on a whim. Hey, let's go down here. Let's go do that. Let's go do this. And let's go over here. So Heather, Sister Heather said, Brother Tag, she, she said, well, I'm just going to leave some clothes and some jackets and some things in there. So when you just get one of these crazy ideas that you want to go to Carlsbad Caverns, New Mexico, that we'll be a little bit prepared. So we had a jacket in there and one night we were over there and it was pretty chilly. We were sitting around the fire and I thought, well, I'm going to run in. I got one of those jackets, right? You got a jacket in there? Yeah. Heather says, yeah. You know, I'm taking care of you, baby. And she does. Hallelujah. I went inside. I grabbed that jacket. I put it on, walked outside. I was just expecting to get a little warmth from that coat. I was expecting to get just a little bit of comfort from that coat. But that coat had been in the camper for several months. Now, what are y'all laughing for? This That camper had been sealed up. But anyway, I, I stuck my hands. Y'all ever done it? Just 
try to warm your hand up a little bit. Stuck my hand down in that. I felt something. Uh Uh-huh. I felt something and I thought, that's not of God. And I slowly pulled my hand back out of that jacket, not knowing what in the world I was pulling out along with it. Some of y'all are about to have a heart attack. The suspense is real. You know how wonderful it was? When I pulled it out, I got excited because it was a $20 bill. Y'all thought I was pulling a rat out of my pocket, didn't you? It was a $20 bill inside of that jacket pocket. And I thought to myself, I haven't worn this thing. And I was just expecting to get a little warmth. I was expecting to get a little comfort. I was expecting to get a little bit more out of it. Just be able to be warm. But then all of a sudden, Brother Robert, I got blessed. Beyond what I even thought. I never imagined. Are any Bible verses I got so excited. I was leaping around. Enjoying myself. And Heather was thinking, what's wrong with you? I said, I got $20. She said, good, I'm going to the store. My excitement didn't last very long. But I want you to look at the excitement, the explosion of praise. The excitement in the very first part of verse number 8, look at that. It says, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. That's the only leaping, that word leaping up actually means to jump up, to be excited, to jump up. The only use of that Greek word is used right there. Leaping up. You say, but Brother Shane, there's another leaping. When you go a little further down. Yes, that's leaping up, but this is another one. Look at the effect that it had on him. Verse number eight, look at the last part of it. He entered into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. This word, I'm so excited to share this with you. I've been preaching all night to get to this to you. And I, and I don't know if y'all, have, I was excited already, but I've really been excited to get this to you. This word is used, leaping is used three times in all of the Bible. In the three times that we have in the Bible, one is here. In Acts chapter number 3, verse number 8. One other is Acts chapter number 14, verse number 10. Two of those instances. Oh my goodness. I hope you put your seatbelt on. Do you all have your seatbelts on? I I had to put my seatbelt on because I got excited. I jumped up. I ran around. I had a good time. I praise God. Two of those instances are only used after the healing of a lame person. Okay, I'm excited for y'all. Two of those instances are only used with the healing of a lame person. That means that somebody that could not help themselves, then all of a sudden, God stepped into their life and made the difference. And they couldn't have done it themselves. But when God touched them, and when God worked in their life, and when God had healed them from that lameness, then all of a sudden they could get up and they could do exactly what they were told to do. But then, look, that other instance is in John chapter number 4. Now everybody knows where John chapter number 4, where are we going? 
We're going to the woman by the well, Samaritan. John chapter number four, he's talking, he's preaching, he's telling them all about it. He's telling them what a wonderful uh, 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 savior that he had and how to worship God. And he begins to tell her what she's gone through. And she says, sir, do you want to you drink from this water? Do you want some of this water that we have from here? And he, he goes ahead and says, well, listen, whoever drinks of this water, I love preaching to people that know their Bible. Whoever drinks of this water is going to thirst again. But in verse number 14, it says, But whosoever shall drink of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give them shall be in him a well of water. Leaping. Springing up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People that couldn't do anything. That lady couldn't do anything for herself. Me, I couldn't do a thing for myself. But boy, when I was a lame little boy and Jesus Christ came along and pulled me up out of my sin and put my feet upon a rock, what a wonderful day. When He saved me, He gave me a leaping up, a springing up into everlasting life. What a wonderful thought to be able to know that, boy, we use that and there we go. And we go through praise. What is praise? To celebrate. Now y'all know I'm a baseball fan, so recently I called it, praise God, Rangers win the World Series. Y'all weren't excited about that as I was. But when they got that final out, a beautiful strikeout, all the team started running out on that field, celebrating. What were they doing? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just too big. But they were leaping. They were running, sprinting across that. They were jumping on top of each other. They were praising. So how should we be praising God? Just food for thought. He went in and he didn't care. God made such a difference in his life. He did, it didn't matter to him what people thought of him. Have you ever been riding down the road, got blessed by a song on the, tele, on, the, on the radio and you didn't care what the goofball next to you thought about you because all you were doing was praising God and if you could have while you were buckled up in your seat, you would have been leaping and having yourself a good time. This man walked into church running around leaping Praising God. Celebrating what God had done for him. Folks, what should we be doing tonight? Boy, I'm going to tell you, we need to go out and we need to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to let them know. But when we come into this service, don't come in expecting just a little blessing. Come in expecting the big blessing. Because the big blesser, when he shows up, it's worth it all. And it will be every step of the way worth what God has done for us. Let's stand all over the building. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for today.